I'm Jamie. And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. I like spooky things. Spooky things. I feel like (laughs) it deserved that today. There's spooky things happening today, I think just in the atmosphere in general, but side note, it's been raining for the last three days here in New Jersey, and so it's the perfect time to watch all the spooky things when it's raining. Mm -hmm. And so today we get to talk about the 2019 horror movie, Us, continuing on in our Jordan Peele extravaganza as we get ready for Nope. We don't have anything here. This is our summer home. We just got in today. Once upon a time. There was a girl, and the girl had a shadow. The two were connected. So, Us is written and directed by Jordan Peele, of course. It stars Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, Elizabeth Moss, Tim Heidecker, Shahadi Wright-Joseph, and Evan Alex just to name a few of the key players in this because, wow, it's a whole tethering of people in this one. <laughs> also, I am going to ask you guys later on, do you feel like you would be able to fight your tethered oh, slash doppelganger? Uh, produce, <laughs> producer Brian here, that was a question I had, so I'm glad we're on the same page. <clears throat> oh, great. Fantastical. Well, obviously <laughs> there's going to be heavy, heavy spoilers for the movie Us, so if you have not watched it, what have you been doing for the past couple of years? Because it's a great movie. <laughs> uh, please go watch it, rent it. And if you, if this is still a thing when you're listening to this, if you have not watched it, there's a special for renting it on Amazon Prime. So instead of, you know, the regular $2.99, $3.99 to rent, it was $1.99 today. Ooh. So maybe that might be a thing that would prompt you to watch this movie. Uh, any trigger warnings, Jamie? Um, I mean, it's a pretty violent movie. There's a lot of uh, sharp objects penetrating fleshy bits. Um, like <laughs> Fleshy bits. <laughs> fleshy bits. Um, you know, insides on the outside. Um, mm. Yeah, lots of like scissors. <laughs> it makes me really not ever want to use a pair of scissors. Especially yes. those like old ones that don't have the plastic handles, oh, um, like the mm-hmm. all uh, metal ones. Yeah, um, yeah, they're they got they're spooky. They're also um, so fancy. How did you get that fancy of a pair of scissors when you're in? Yeah, like the even in my own drawer, I have a pair of scissors, but yes. they're just like boring. That's- 
<laughs> regular yes. degular scissors. Like I don't know where you get your fancy where does one acquire? If you could let us know in our Absolutely. Twitter DMs <laughs> and on TikTok comments, where does one acquire fancy us? Scissors. scissors. Thank you. I mean, they have to have sold them at some point, especially after the movie. Uh, some came point. Out. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> Where do they get the jumpsuits from? Like, there's like so, like, like yes. all the same, like all these uniform. It seems like I don't know. There's. A, we'll talk about the rules of this tethered world, <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, I'll. Let's, I think we have to do a plot. I'll stop there. <laughs> No, it's all we have so much to discuss, and I'm so yeah. happy you brought that up, Brian, because I will be asking you as as the rule master of I talking love rules. horror. I love rules. Uh, yes, I'm going to designate that to you. Rules. Oh wait, did you say Yaya? Because he's in this too. Oh, he is. Yeah. He does make he's, a brief he, appearance. Yeah, he's Abdul. like. Briefly, I have to be honest. Yeah. I mm-hmm. I <laughs> was very distra- I was very distracted by him. Because of how <laughs> those shoulders are. Well, I think we talked about him in the Candyman episode, but like those shoulders, wildly distracting. What a what a hunky man. He is a beautiful man. Every movie that I see him in, whether it is this or TV show, whether it's this, whether it is um, 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 Watchmen. Uh, Candyman, or even what, what was the other one he was in? Uh, oh, isn't he the bad guy in Aquaman as well? Like, he plays Black Manta. Let me tell you, what I I I I love watching this man on screen. What a hunk! And he's very good in this. He's very memorable in this for his like two minutes that he's in it. I realize I've been rambling for too long about his shoulders, so I'll stop. <laughs> it's okay. Well, I mean, we ramble on about a lot, a lot, a lot of um, <laughs> in this. I'm sorry, you guys. You're not seeing this, but um, we, I have a dog friend that I'm babysitting, and he's just on top of me right now. Um, but, yes, you can talk about Yaya all day long because I know that Jamie and I have fangirled over many a man so, Brian, you have free reign to do the Thank same you. thing. <laughs> He's hunky. I liked watching him. Fantastic. I, wow. Was he? And he's just like, he's actually very, and even in the sequences towards the end when he has to play the tethered version of the father, uh, just like really a, a very memorable character. So creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, getting into that, we should probably do a, a plot summary so that we can start discussing everything that is Yaya, because apparently that's on Brian's agenda for today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's the plot? So who's who's gonna do it? Jamie did it last time. So Brian I'll, sure I'll do it. did. I'm happy to do it for I'll do it for all of us. <laughs> Fantastic. <Ooh>. <laughs> uh Jamie, do you wanna time him? Yes, let me get my trusty old Fonaruski out. Well, she's here. getting in that. Nagisha, you seen any uh, trailers or anything fun? I haven't seen anything. Or okay, there is an extended trailer of the movie Smile. Which oh, there is. I yes. I apparently I saw on TikTok somebody reacting to the extended okay. trailer of. Speaking it. of Ooh, reactions, Nikisha. You need oh to watch Jay and Adam's um, 
<laughs> Trailer Palooza. So Jane Adam from the awesome uh, pod, uh, excuse me, from the awesome YouTube channel previewed with Adam and Jay did a Trailer Palooza where they watch like a handful of trailers and react to them. One of those is Smile. You have to watch them watch Smile, and then actually right okay. after that is the Barbican trailer that they react to. But the Smile trailer reaction is spectacular. We're gonna have to do Smile and have them on and make them watch the full movie. Yes. Oh, that's going to be so good. Okay, I'll put that down on my list. I'm, I like watching trailers, but I liked the fact that Smile was so bare bones because mm. I just want to be immersed in it when I'm watching it. I don't want to have any clue. That's why I haven't watched any extended trailers of Nope because I just want to go in without knowing anything. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll see. All right, are you ready, Brian, for this two-minute plot summary of Yes, us? I am. All right, ready, steady, go. So we are in the 80s, right, the 80s, uh, and we are yes. on the boardwalk in Santa Cruz, right, Santa Cruz, and um, mm-hmm. it starts raining, and these parents are kind of fighting. One is drinking, whatever. One played by Yaya, the handsome, handsome Yaya, and um, – their daughter kind of wanders off, goes into a funhouse, sees a version of herself in that funhouse, and then uh, we find out that like she has PTSD. Anyway, flash forward to the present day. Um, that young girl is played by Lupita, Oscar winner Lupita Nyong'o, um, and she is uh, going on a beach trip with her family. They own a beach house, so they're a very well-off family, we, we, we learn. Um, Anyway, she's afraid of the beach. It's very scary um, to her still. Um, She has two kids. And then all of a sudden, one night, uh, a family in red jumpsuits and holding scissors that are exactly the copies of them come in. Basically, they want her. They chase them around. Uh, The young boy uh, kind of sees something a little bit different about his mom. She's very, um, his actual mom, very aggressive. Um, They have to escape their um, tethered selves. Um, And what we learn is that all of the tethered each person has a shadow person that lives like in the sewers. Um, they're all they're rising up and coming out and killing their copy essentially, um, and they're taking each other's hands to do hands across America from the eighties. Because what we learn at the end is that the little girl actually switched with the tethered. So the woman we've been following the whole time was actually the little tethered girl who switched places. Was very determined. And the tethered woman played by Lupita, who's spectacular in this movie, is actually the, um, the we'll call them the you know the, the land dweller, if you will, the sky dwellers. Um, and uh, and so they all the family escapes, and we learn that twist. And they're doing hands across America because the little girl um, had a hands across America T-shirt, and I thought that's their statement to show that they're here and ready. Yay! Yay! Yeah. And that's the plot. <laughs> Good job. Wow. For Brian. <laughs> Fantastic. That was good. I and mean, you didn't spend a whole minute on just the opening scene. Yeah. <laughs> Although I did spend a lot of time on that opening scene, but I feel you have to. It's in the 80s, right? The 80s? And yeah. uh, uh, Santa, Santa Cruz. Cruz yeah. Right? Santa, Santa Cruz. Cruz. <laughs> but Yaga's shoulders. Oh, boy. Forever. Those shoulders. <laughs> ow, ow. <laughs> fantastic okay Mm -hmm. so let's go through and tell us have you seen this before what is your relationship to this movie jamie we'll start off with you 
Sure. Um, I have seen this before. I saw this in theaters. Remember when going mm, to the movies was a thing? Yes, yes. Um, and it was a good time. Um, I I think I only I, I feel like that's also not true, but I, I don't know. I just, maybe it's because we watch so many of those countdown videos and stuff all the time. Cause I yes. feel like I've seen the images multiple times, but I think like from start to finish, I only watched it when I saw it in theaters, when it came out. Um, gotcha. and, uh, yeah, but I, I remembered like what happened pretty well. Um, I also definitely enjoyed this watch better than the first time I saw it. But I'll wait till we get to likes and gripes for me to share my likes and gripes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I watched this in theaters as well. And I've seen it multiple times since just with other people who have never watched it before or I just mm. wanted to watch it again or it was on TV at some point. Uh, but yeah, I've definitely watched this a handful of times and we'll talk about all the the twists and stuff in in the likes and gripes. But I definitely have uh, likes and gripes for this movie more so <laughs> than Get Out. So I'm just gonna go ahead and put that out there. Brian, what about um, you? I have I saw this once. Like I, I had very similar feelings to Jamie. I'd seen this once. I never saw it a second time. Liked it fine. Uh, really enjoyed it more this time. Had problem with a lot of the rules and the plot holes. Um, but I definitely enjoyed it more. Uh, not plot holes, but I guess like rule holes or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, I think this is, I still think this is a great movie and I really enjoyed it. And, and like Jamie, I enjoyed it way more the second time. I think it's a much more fun watch the second time. Yeah. Well, Brian, let's get into your uh, likes and gripes for the movie Us. <laughs> And now our likes and gripes. Sure. My likes. I think it's a beautifully made movie. I think that the um, attention to detail um, in some places is excellent. For instance, um, the daughter is wearing a rabbit shirt and the boy is wearing a mm. Jaws shirt. Um, I think the, you know, uh, um, Jordan Peele has said that Jaws is supposed to represent like this like beach town where like something is off or awry. Um, uh, and I also see it as like there's something underneath us all um, trying to get us. Um, mm. The rabbits relate to the rabbits. Um, I love the like repeat theme of like twins or reflections um, because yeah. because we're seeing this movie from her point of view. So these like she is picking up on all these things. These, these mirror images, the Jeremiah 11, 11, the twins, the, the, the Frisbee and the dot on the blanket, the 11, 11 baseball game. The time is 11, 11. These are just things that she is seeing and she's hypersensitive to these things because she is in the place of which like she knows there's an entrance and exit to the tethered area or whatever the case may be. Mm. Um, and mm-hmm. I thought that I love all of that stuff for sure. Mirrors are scary in general. I think that the the <laughs> tension in this movie is really well executed. It's really always engaging. I'm never dipping out of this. It's funny. It's smart. And something I really like about this movie, um, whether it works or not, is that you think you're watching an intimate movie. So this is this, so this is Jordan Peele's second movie. 
The first movie is intimate. It is an intimate story about the, you know, Get Out being an intimate story about these two people who go to visit parents, and then this is only happening in the confines of the of the compound of the of that house. Yes, mm-hmm. it's that town, but like it it really only as far as we know, it only really extends to like that town and that community for for what the movie presents. Right. This starts out that way. You think this is an intimate story about how this family is being hunted down by tethered versions of themselves, but it's actually, you, you know, literally the end pans out and you see like all of these people in line and like it's a much bigger story. I like that for his second movie. That makes me more excited for Nope because what's he doing for Nope? Is he just like going full out? This is a big story, like a War of the Worlds type of thing. Is this another intimate story where it's just the town? Like I'm fascinated by that. Also, I'm fascinated by the fact that, like, his first movie was about, you know, that black-white relationship um, and how those two groups see each other and racism and reverse racism and anti-racism and things of that nature. Again, I'm uh, that is a generalization of Get Out because it's so much more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one is yeah. really about, like, you know, it's almost like upstairs, downstairs, this idea of like people who have it all and people who are just forgotten and it doesn't matter about them. And we literally put them into the sewers that we forgot about. We did human testing. Like, you know, what? we'll just like brush our hands of this stuff. Like, I think Jamie said it last night when we watch it, like the have and have nots. Like, it's very clearly about that. And I forgive a lot of the wonkiness of the details because I'm super into the message and what it's trying to say, it's well made. And my gosh, is Lupita, they're all amazing in this movie. Like Winston Duke is spectacular in this movie. And, and but like, but Lupita Nyong'o is very good in this movie. So those are my, I, those are my high level <laughs> likes and gripes. Like my gripes really are more about like, how does, how did this puzzle fit together? Like this, like a lot of this doesn't make right. sense, but my likes are like, I kind of forget about that because it's such a well-made, well-paced, engaging movie. Um, um, mm-hmm. that reminds me of a lot of other movies, but it's still its own thing. And I'll get to what it reminds me of in the suggestions at the end. Um, I like that the kids get smarter as the movie goes on. Like when they're in the next door neighbor's house, they close the door, you know, like, like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And also symbolically the have and have nots aspect of this is interesting because like Winston Duke's character is, uh, I forget that Nate, is that the dad's name? Gabe, Gabe, Um, Gabe um, is always like saying like that other family has more than them. And he's trying to one up them. Like there are these thematic elements of like, we all have more than somebody else. And we all always wish to be the person with more. And like these people, like, underneath when they found somebody who had more and like kind of bowed down to her and she was able to perform art and have rhythm unlike you know um above them and i, I want to hear your thoughts on the rhythm nikisha because uh, we just talked about music yeah. theory before we started this and you teach music <laughs> theory um and i just love all of that stuff do i th- do i feel like this puzzle you know when you do a puzzle and like there's all the sky and like you think you got it right but like maybe this color's off of this color but it still makes a sky like that's how i feel about mm-hmm. this movie it's still beautiful it's still really fun i don't know if all the pieces fit together but i really enjoyed like putting it together and and the final product looks really nice yeah 
I mean, I'll piggyback off of that because I have very similar feelings. I will let a lot of stuff go because of how well made the movie yeah. is. And a lot of the shots are just so gorgeous, especially when they're first at the beach and it's the uh, shot from above mm. and you see their shadows as they're yeah. walking. And the whole scene at the end with Lupita and Red, her counterpart, them going back and forth with the fighting and the orchestrated version of I Got Five on it. It was just beautiful to watch. Uh, so you kind of let go of those things. I will say when I first watched this movie in theaters, I put in my mind that, oh, I, what if they switched? And so then when it, that was the twist at the end, I kind of felt disappointed in myself because I kind of ruined it for myself. I probably would have had a better experience if I would have just let myself go. Uh, but it is a hard balance because you want to follow the rules and you want to know what everything is in order for it to make sense, at least for me. And you just kind of have to let it go when you watch <laughs> this movie and say, I might not understand everything about what's happening with the tethered, but it still can be a well-made movie without me understanding everything. Uh, so that's what I really had to tell myself in rewatching this. But again, beautifully made. Lupita is fantastic. I also love just watching a middle-class, upper-middle-class black family just be goofy and be funny. And Jordan Peele is great about creating a balance of comedy and horror. I also loved how the females seem to have been making the better choices <laughs> in this movie and how especially the daughter, uh, Zora, she just was ready in action. Her dad said, where's the, where's the bat to the little boy? And he's like, I don't, I don't know. And then Zora's like, here, <laughs> here's the bat. And she's like, I'm going to drive. I also loved and was dying and I will continue to die laughing when they're in the car and they're fighting over who should drive. And so they're trying to say what the kill count oh, yeah. is. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> like if I, okay, so I had the kill count, so I'm the one who should be driving. That's just so funny in the midst of all of this. And Winston Duke, oh, wow. That's like husband material 100, even though he's so dorky, so lovable, and just like the lovable doof. <laughs> and I thought that was really uh, cool to see that, especially juxtaposing Black Panther when he was this almighty leader. And then you see him in this and it just speaks on him as an actor. And sure. It's wonderful. But yeah, I uh, always love the modern music mixed in with all the creepy choir uh, singing. And Brian, to your point about the rhythm stuff, when I was in the movie theater and they're in the car and Lupita's telling her son to, you know, get on rhythm and she's not snapping in rhythm. Again, watching in the theater with a whole lot of black people and everyone was audibly saying, no, that's not yeah, right. Sure. <laughs> uh, and that's in a lot of, you know, the Easter egg videos that you watch sure. about us to tell you why she's not who she presents herself to be. But. Yeah, that's all of my likes and gripes. We'll get into the rules after Jamie says her likes and gripes. I mean, you like just said everything that I was thinking. I also, when you talked about guessing like the big twist while mm -hmm. watching it, I did the same thing and also was like disappointed and then was like, ugh. Why did yes, she do that? Uh, right. It just like took something away in that moment. But mm -hmm. even though I knew it this time, like with certainty. Um, I, I felt the same way that you did just in terms of like, this is what the mission of this movie is. And, 
And like, I don't need answers to any of these other questions because right. it's, it's honestly not important. Like I got what the message of the movie is and like all of that other stuff really doesn't matter. And then you also have these like incredible performances. So like mm-hmm. that should be the focus and not just like, they don't need to answer all the questions. It's, it, it really like, it really doesn't matter. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I felt, I, I felt the same way and it made this watch more enjoyable. Um, mm-hmm. even though I still was like, this thing just like, doesn't make sense. It's like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I just didn't, I was like, okay, wait. So like she got choked when she was like a little kid and she's still mm-hmm. talking like that. Is that because of the choking or is it because she hasn't talked? I'm assuming she's been able to talk this whole time. And like, but right. then I'm just like, stop brain, shut it down. Like my brain, <laughs> you know, my brain, I could hear my thoughts. So like, those are yes. the thoughts that are happening while watching the movie. And it's like, none of this, like quiet down, like just right. enjoy what's happening. Cause it's actually really incredible. Um, I totally agree. Winston Duke is like the epitome of dad in this. Yes. I, I, I can't get over like when he goes outside in the beginning and is like trying to act tough, but like also just <laughs> yes. like, isn't, um, it's just so funny. And, um, Oh my God. Yeah. They're, they're all really incredible. I, I actually remember like seeing this movie and then being like, how many, like, I was like, I know I follow Lupita on Instagram, but I need to follow Mm. Winston and Shahadi because like they were so good in this. And I just like want them to be on my feed so I can like always follow them and see what they're up to. Um, cause they were so good. Like the, the shadow, uh, of Zora, like uh, her name is Umbre. Um, terrifying. She is terrifying when she's like, just like the way that she stares her down and like Mm. the creepy smile, um, the way that she like runs so fast and, Oh God, it just, she's so scary. She's so so scary. scary. When she's standing on the car and like is looking down and, and then the guy comes and is like, Hey, what are you doing? Get off, get off of there. And just like, man, she's just terrifying. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, I just really enjoy, um, everyone's performance in this. Um, I don't have anything to add on Yaya's shoulders. I'll let Brian, <laughs> yeah. you know, smoke his I will say, I, I, if we're going to talk about Winston <laughs> yeah. Duke dad for a moment, I feel like, mm-hmm. There are no fine horror dads. You're either an awful horror dad and there's a and then the only asterisk on that is like there's a twist at the end where you're not so bad. Like when we watched what was it, The Uninvited, where we thought David Strathairn was like mm. the worst, but like mm. really he wasn't mm-hmm. because like he was trying to he was, you know, yeah. Yes. So um <laughs> Not yeah, yeah. Listen, movie, listen to but... that episode if you uh-huh. want to get spoiled. And then, and then there are bad yeah. horror dads. There's like the stepdad. There's you know these like ones with nefarious mm-hmm. secrets. I feel like you have or or ones that like are totally apathetic to like what's going on. You know, and like Stranger Things or the '80s Parents and stuff like that. So yep. I feel like there are those like two sides of of things, and maybe that's just an adult thing, a male adult figure in in, in horror movies in general. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's two camps that. He in this movie, not only is a great dad, it seems, but it seems like he's also a very good husband. Um, you know, he she has a breakdown 
about going, and then he he basically says we don't have to go, and then he manipulates her with the kid um, to have them go. But like, I don't know. Yeah, he just seems like a normal person in a loving relationship. He supports his wife. Like, it seems like they made the decision together for her to stop dancing. You know what I mean? In terms of like, like she didn't want to do it, and he supported that. Um, you know, whatever her reasoning was or whatever it was. I think that like. He he just seemed like a good family man, and I'm oh something I'm a like about this movie is that the four of them survived. I didn't have to watch any of the family yes. get picked off, and also if you think about it, um, in in Get Out, you know, uh, all of the all of the black people survive if you still had your own brain. Oh yes. Spoiler for Get Out. Um, yes. and, and this goes to what you said before, Nikisha, in that, like, man, on top of these movies just being excellent, and it's just so refreshing and nice to just see people being people. Like, like there's no yes. asterisk <laughs> next to them where it's like, this is a black family who has flashbacks to when they were slaves. Or, like, here's a black family right. who is racist things are happening to them all the time. But if it does, that's the point of the movie. That's the theme that's happening. It's, 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 it's helping plot and character as opposed to like being that I just like, I mean, I watch a ton of movies and, 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 and again, I'm not, we talked about this in get out. I watch them and I don't have the same experiences that you, that, that you have watching them, but like, it's very refreshing to watch a family like this, just like be, you know, um, and, and, you know, Absolutely. not he's he's a dirtbag, but like I, I I can imagine um, the Cosby Show having the same impact um, in general. Yeah. But like, and like we could get into we could totally get into the conversation where it's like, but are they like making them like a white family, like like that type of thing? Like, but like I, I don't I don't see that, especially because no. Um, of the way that they still react and act with each other. I just think that's important to bring up because that's something I felt the first time I was watching this movie and it was even stronger mm-hmm. this time and then you mm-hmm. brought it up. So like, I'm, I'm super, ex- I just, that's why I'm excited for Nope and that's yeah. why I'm excited for, that's why he's, to me, he, he, he's like, I don't know, like remember back in the day when Will Smith would bring everybody to the movie theater? I, I like, I feel yes. like Jordan Peele <laughs> does that and I feel like that's really crazy for a direct a horror director to like do that mm-hmm. and i mean if we're talking about jordan peele and his appeal i feel like that is definitely something that we, we should absolutely mention that is all <laughs> jamie said no on the up appeal of Mm-mm. jordan peele <laughs> uh no brian you're exactly right it's firing off on all cylinders as far as being prolific in the horror genre now when it's a genre that's not really respected as much as other genres and then you add on top of it now we're not going through all of the tropes that horror movies have brought especially to the black culture and then on top of that it's like you said it's not having a black family be like quote unquote a white family or other other race of family he's winston still has his what howard oh, shirt yeah on, totally you mm-hmm. know 
mm-hmm. and they're listening to black cultured music, you know, like, and so it's all sprinkled in there. It's like this, it's the culture and obviously it's black people, but we're not talking about the struggle of black sure. people, you know, and that's what the exhausting thing can be with, like you said, Brian, the movies that are about the struggle, but it's like, y'all, we, we can do more than struggle. <laughs> So we can be in the horror movies and we can survive what's happening. And it doesn't have to be a horror movie based on race. It can just be a horror movie for what it is, a mm. horror movie, which is awesome that Nope is going to be about freaking aliens because it's, you know, the the horror happens to everyone. We all might mm-hmm. react differently, but it happens to everyone. So let's just have it be that and not be so, you know, struggle-based. That's, a, based <laughs> that's a great tagline for this podcast horror happens to everyone <laughs> yes i love it talking horror horror happens to we're, do, we're just doing oh, our yeah. best <laughs> at the bottom 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 Ast- no that's the asterisk hashtag yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the hashtag. yeah 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 <laughs> fantastic okay so now that we've um brought it up and jamie you started off with the whole uh neck thing so let's go through the rules let's talk about what our interpretations of of things are because i will say in the videos that i'm sure all of us have watched about people's reactions to this how people understand it even watching jordan peele talk about it he never even gives anything away about what this represents or what this is about there was a whole video of him reading what people's theories were about us and he was like yeah it's whatever you want it to be guys (laughs) it's like i'm not gonna tell you you're right or you're wrong so with the choking, we want to say what this girl is maybe eight, nine. Is that too old to make her? I'm terrible at guessing kids. I was going to say six, but that's oh, probably wrong. Did they say her yeah. age? At, I don't remember if they said her age at some point. <clears throat> maybe. Mm, but I mean, maybe keeps, the like psychiatrist said it, but I, I yeah, don't even remember. I don't remember. But the point is, is at least she was talking in full sentences yeah, okay yeah. so mm-hmm. and and in school probably you know and so for her to get strangled and that little girl's hands i mean they're both the same size they couldn't she couldn't have squeezed her you know throat that much to where <laughs> she would just not be talking for an extended amount of time <clears throat> like that mm-hmm. that doesn't that doesn't make sense to me i don't know how do y'all feel about that yeah, I don't I don't get it. I still don't get it. I, I it just I mean, maybe it was like the shock. Maybe the shock contributed mm. to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the voice thing does doesn't make any sense. Cuz you get older and and of course, you know, the people that in the underground weren't talking to her. She was the only one who technically could talk. Could. Mm-hmm. And but still, even her like, would you not be talking that whole time? I would feel like after that many years, even if you had some form of vocal damage, it wouldn't be that desperate. But maybe it's just the dramatization of of the movie. But that was weird to me. And then going into the rules of the tethered. So some people are moving and they the, the tether move in the same spot, like the boy, but mm-hmm. they also can move on their own. I don't know. Brian, tell me. <laughs> unknown like, I don't tell us the rules so unknown <laughs> I, my guess is that when we're watching them 
be tethered at in the 80s. They're all very much in line. And maybe that's symbolic of like how the um, wealth gap in the 80s, like really like the middle class and the upper class really separate a lot with Reagan in the 80s, like like symbolic of that. I, I'm just mm. making things up. But like I think it could be a part yeah. of that. And I think once they switched and she realized or, or they all realized that she had rhythm from the dancing, that she was up there, like, and that, that that she was the switcheroo and all of that stuff. And then they started listening to her. I think the more that they got, think of it like as a riot or like a, a movement, the more that people started mm. to kind of like have their own lives or have their own goals, they are going to get all these jumpsuits and they're going to get all these scissors and like, they're going to like learn and plan and like be a part of something. Uh, I think that's Mm -hmm. when you can start like breaking out of the mold that was made for you. Um, But again, the two souls um, what to say at the beginning, they said like basically two souls inhabit one soul inhabits two bodies yeah, bodies. Yes, I mean, that's right. I think that that's a part of it. Where like, because like, even at the end, in the in the fight sequence between Red and um, and uh, Lupita, what's Lupita's character? Lupita, yeah, Addie, Adelaide. Yeah. Adelaide? So Addie, when they're yeah. fighting, like, it's subtle. Maybe it's not so subtle, but like a part of that fight is her moving forward and then her moving back, or then both them moving back, and like it's very mirror fight and like. And but sometimes they're able to break from that and like actually get a blow in or a swing or whatever it is. And I think that's a larger reflection mm. of kind of what's happening here. Um, that because they have something to work towards, hands across America, they're like something that brings the community together. They're able to kind of like fall out of the trap that they've been kind of genetically engineered to do. Um, that yeah. I, that's what I'm going with. That she because like I always ask myself when watching movies, and the same thing with Get Out. Why, why are we watching it at this point in time? What's the point? Like, you know, in Mm. Get Out, it's that like they recognize the Lakeith Stanfield character. And that's why things changed for this boyfriend, if you will. In, in this movie, you know, the, the, uh, the obvious answer is that like, this is when their plan executes. Um, but we're, you know, we're watching it from her point of view because she's the one who switched and kind of started this. And, uh, you know, we only see the tunnels underneath Santa Cruz. Um, but like the, uh, the idea is that like, she basically was the leader of the entire underground. And I, and I, and, and, and I think it's only happening in America symbolic of the fact that like the, the, um, the, the, class difference in America is like, and, and the way we don't look behind and the selfishness and whatnot of people and the, and I think that that is something that, you know, deeper meaning to the movie, you know, the rabbits, um, you know, um, Mm. basically. So rab, I found this online that rabbits symbolize rebirth. Sometimes the intentions of the tether to start a new chapter on the top, um, but also duality, Rabbits are used as test subjects the way that these people use as test subjects, Um, you know, representing them as abandoned experiments. Also, just like the idea of they duplicate and they multiply um, very quickly. Um, So that's that's what I got. The the one thing I have and I have a question for both of you and I've read this online. I'm sure you've watched videos on this. Nikisha is. Do we think that 
her son, Jason, when he yeah. couldn't light the fire, the fire was lighting in the in the tethered world, and that's why his face is burned. Because anytime that Jason didn't wasn't able to light the fire, it was actually lighting down below, and like he was continually being hit by the flames. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. That is interesting. I've never thought about that, but I think that that is a valid thing, a valid theory. I also, but that also leads me to the questions of how are these people accumulating the same or similar items down below as the people from up above? I mean, that's a great question. That that I can't answer. (laughs) That I can't answer. Yes. But as far as why his face is burnt, that would absolutely make sense if Jason can't get the thing to light, but, you know, uh, his tethered person later on in the movie has a match mm-hmm. in his hand. And if they're doing the same movement, then absolutely, yeah. yeah I, I would. And they're both obsessed with the masks on their face, like for different reasons. Like, um, yes. And then I read an interview with Jordan Peele because a lot of people's theory was that, like, the boy was also switched. Um Right. But Jordan Peele said something where it's like um, he Jason's just very intuitive and he's one step ahead of everyone else when it comes to knowing who the mom is. Um, he also has like he sees her finishing off the other twin or whatever it was in the in there. Um, and he's when he, when she's when 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 she's attacking red or there was another point where she sees her where Jason sees Addie go like full tethered if you will with like the growl and stuff like yes. that um i personally don't think that he is the tethered version of him um but uh uh yeah that's um that's that's yeah. those are my interpretations of the rules i think there's it's more general guidelines or is it from pirates of the caribbean <laughs> it's more like a guideline or whatever it is um, oh yeah so that that's what i'm that's what i'm <laughs> going with and that gets me through because they're not I once saw so like it's not a plot hole if you can make something up to fill it, if that makes sense. That like justifies mm. it. Like if you can mm-hmm. fill it with something that is justifiable and fits within the context of the movie, it's not a plot hole. But like plot holes are like, how did Frank get from point A to point B in two seconds when we know that like like the last season of Game of Thrones? Like they they didn't walk like <laughs> three years in like twenty minutes or whatever it is. So like that's right. that's like a generalized concept idea of that concept of plot holes. But like I find it interesting. Anyway, back to you. <laughs> yeah, Jamie, do you feel within uh, those rules what would help it make sense to you in in this movie? I I man. <laughs> a question that I feel like I should have prepared for, but like really haven't thought about it. Cause I feel like it's so, it's just such like a big, a a big, like not even like different world that's been created. Cause this mm. is like within our world, but it's like, how do you make this idea make sense more and like have it fit into our world in a way that like yes. is more digestible and, and uh, aligns with like, our own rules or, or based on what's set here. And like, I don't, I don't really know. Cause like, I'm also yeah. wondering like, <clears throat> where are the resources? How far does this extend? If people are able to leave, then like, then what is stopping them from 
like from leaving. Mm. I mean, I mean, I know like she's just one example, but I, I don't know. I just like, I don't really, how do they not run out of rabbits? Also that, I mean, well, I guess hopefully the rabbits are still multiplying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I guess. <laughs> no, but, and mm. I just want to point out that none of us have any questions or issues about the fact that they are multiplying people. <laughs> I was like, no, that makes the most, yeah. The government's doing a weird experiment, cloning humans. Yeah. No issues with that. Where are the rabbits and where are the red jumpsuits from? Thank you very much. And the scissors guys. Just if you can send all of us those things, um, at our PO box, please don't send those sharp scissors. Thank you. You know what? Maybe, yeah, we don't have a PO box, so it's okay. But yeah, maybe don't send us sharp scissors. I'll take a I'll take a red jumpsuit. <laughs> Absolutely, I'll, take I'll a also red take Yaya's shoulders. Oh, oh my gosh! Oh, fantastic! Well, speaking of Yaya's shoulders, which has nothing to do with our next segment, <laughs> but we're just going to loop it in anyway. <laughs> Let's go to our section of mm, brains. <laughs> Petition to call our next segment Yaya's Shoulders. <laughs> we have so many. We need to write this down because we also have what, um, what was it? Brian's, not Nook. What was that um, from Psych, from, so oh, yeah, from Psycho? Uh, the parlor Talk. Parlor, parlor talk, talk. Parlor Talk. Yeah. 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 I guess, I guess this, this segment where I rambled on about the rules was Parlor Talk. We should we should just add mm. that into section anytime that happens. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I won't, I won't do it for this episode, but I'm gonna have to make a parlor talk uh, uh, segment uh, clip intro or something like that. Absolutely, yeah. Please. <laughs> okay, on to the brains because this had me with a lot of questions about PTSD, Jamie, because. This is happening to a girl who we assume is at least in elementary school or a little bit younger than that. Um, so with PTSD, just give us, if you can, general explanation. And then my question is, is it easier or harder to detect any kind of PTSD in in kids or to diagnose it, you know? Yeah. Um, so we've talked about trauma, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder yes. a few times. Um, just a handful. So um, much <laughs> um, but you know, big PTSD um, is a mental health condition that is after a tra- what would be called a traumatic event. Um, and you know, that could be like a variety of different crises. It could be a natural disaster, um, any kind of like violence, um, you know, experiencing like violence in combat. So there's a, there's a whole bunch of things. Um, and then the aftermath, uh, looks like experiencing nightmares, flashbacks, significant anxiety, um, being on edge, on alert all the time. Um, so that's like, you know, the, a a very, very, very brief description of PTSD generally. Um, and I would say like in children, it, it, you know, manifests in a similar way. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for, 
for some children, um, there's an ability to like recover quickly from something stressful, but again, like, you know, significant trauma or experiencing violence or something like that. Like it's, you know, kids are tiny adult people. So like they're gonna, it's, they're gonna experience things similarly. What might look different is like, you know, the way in which, as we see in this, uh, their ability to like communicate about something Mm. traumatic might be impacted. Um, you know, uh, like irritability or like what might look like a temper tantrum, um, things like that. Uh, yeah, like it might, it might be harder if, if a parent doesn't know necessarily that a kid experienced some kind of trauma, it might be harder to understand like this change in behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, but if a parent is aware, then I think like looking out for a lot of the same type of, um, symptoms that adults experience as well. Um, nightmares and flashbacks, avoiding, um, you know, the people or the places or things like, or the things that remind them of the trauma. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I, I, you know, in terms of this, I definitely think that communication can certainly be affected. Um, and just like how, how to not only communicate about like the trauma itself, but just like communication overall, how might that be impacted? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that, you know, in talking about like the child psychiatrist that they, that they take her to when she's younger, Uh um, or yeah, like they're having a conversation. We never like see her talking to the psychiatrist. We just see the parents talking to the psychiatrist about Mm. her which like they should close the door. Um, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But um but no, she recommends, you know, if she's having difficulty with like verbal communication, are there other things that she can do to express herself that also might, you know, help help them communicate with one another but just in a, a nonverbal type of way. And I definitely think that that's a very appropriate way. I mean, so one therapy style that like, I feel like a lot of people have heard about because it, it, you know, gets, um, I, I I don't know. I was going to make something up about like (laughs) play therapy being a thing that people know about, but I do feel like people know a lot about play therapy. Um, and just like that, it's a, a form of therapy that's like geared towards working with children and like using, using like play as a way to, a help a child become like more comfortable with, you know, the experience of therapy, but also be in like helping them communicate in a way that's not just talking about things. So like, you know, adults in therapy are typically verbalizing what, what they need to process. Kids aren't necessarily, they don't have the language to describe everything that they might need to process. And so like, how does, how does using play, how does using other like nonverbal forms of communication or like applying things, you know, in, in indirect ways, help them process, um, you know, the different trauma that they've experienced. There's also, um, uh, what's it called? Like sand tray therapy, which used to really interest me, but, uh, I never got trained in that. So, you know, what is that? But exciting for other people. Never heard Um, of that. I mean, it's like also it's it's kind of like play, but it's actually like within a 
you know, the therapists have this like a big tray thing of sand. Um, and you know, they, they use it to also like open up and process and, and yeah, it's like, yeah, playing in the sand. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, They otherwise can't verbalize, you know, in like traditional therapy. So, um, yeah, like using toys, figurines, different things in the sand as like representatives of, you know, fixtures in their life or whatever. And then it's more of like, how is the therapist observing this interaction and like what meaning can they take away from how a child might be using the tools in the sand? Um, and Actually, like isn't that what they're do- she's doing in the movie? She has. Uh, is that the sand tray, or is it just like a table where she's like playing oh, with okay. the toys? Maybe I can't. I, I, don't I, I genuinely don't remember. But she's doing. She's playing with something, which yes. is what I think you know is likely what her sessions. I'm assuming <laughs> look like, especially because right. we know she's nonverbal. So like, you know, the <clears throat> the putting less pressure on like, tell me, like, tell me what's wrong, and right. and like when when you know, a kid might not be able to do that, but like kids know, kids generally know how to play. They can get into play. Um, and so like using that as a, as a way to express themselves. So I think what she says tracks. Okay. We love that. We love when (laughs) things are actually representative. That's great great news. We, that we never hear that. No, I know. <laughs> Jamie always has a whole rant about the psychiatrist, psychologist, like what is happening? Cause I mean, yeah, because they're usually real goofy and goofing it up. It's never, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's usually it not up. great. There's definitely a longer list of uh, doing it of wrong, doing, of bad uh, therapists and whatnot in horror movies than good ones. Like, I can Absolutely. name like five right off the bat right now. <laughs> I won't ask you. I won't put you on the on the spot. I thought about it. <laughs> now, now I got. I think now I got to do it. Okay. <laughs> okay, do it. Um, the the one from uh, what was it? Split. Yes. Oh yeah. Who goes to the house? Yeah. Okay. The one from Split. Um, the one from Hypnosis that we watched. Oh God. Hypnotic. Yeah. Hypnotic. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh. Uh. Who we. Now I only got two. No, uh, <laughs> no, we watched some other really bad ones. Um, like on this <laughs> podcast, we watched some pretty terrible. Well, even ones. the the thing on Stranger, the guy from Stranger Things that led mm-hmm. the kids to speak to uh, Freddy Krueger's character. He was awful psychologist. Yeah. Oh, okay. He yeah. He was yeah. he was At a dirtbag. Sure. Um, uh, who else? Uh, Oh, we we've watched some really I know, bad we've ones. So many things, yes. Like some really <laughs> terrible psychiatrists. Um, anyway, let let's <laughs> let's shout out the good one in this film for you know being more grounded and uh, oh, did you think the the one? uninvited one? Yes, we think mm-hmm. he's a good, one. Mm-hmm. and we're like he, he just let her go. <laughs> right. Yes. When she completely needed, she absolutely needed some more um, session time with him. Now, here's in you in you talking about PTSD and and trauma and how it manifests in people. This is going to be a very generalized question, but I'm just going to assume and then correct me if I'm wrong. 
that there's no kind of genetics when it comes to how you would react or process a trauma. It's kind of just like a grab bag of if you experience this trauma, then it might manifest itself in A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You know, there's no kind of relation correlation, I guess. Like, you know, if your parents have anxiety and you have anxiety or whatever or whatever. But like that you're experiencing it the same yeah, way. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think so. I I'm maybe there might be some influence in like, you know, how do parent how do your parents like cope with like stress, stressful mm-hmm. situations and like have you then kind of picked up on some of those similar coping strategies? But I <clears throat> I imagine that like the actual, you know, I like if your parent, well, I was also going to say if your parents have sleep issues, sometimes that too can like also manifest in children. Mm. Um, but I don't think it's like if you're, if you have nightmares, your kids will like a hundred percent have nightmares. Yes. Kind of thing. Okay. Fantastical. It's just so yeah. random. I mean, the brain in general because we're all different people with all different kind of makeups and whatever, uh, through our experiences, it's so different, but you would think there might be some kind of pattern to to things, but I mean, even if there isn't like a pattern, I would say like all, all of the PTSD symptoms all basically fall under four buckets. And so like in order to be officially diagnosed with PTSD, you have to have like all of these buckets, even if the specific symptoms that you're having might look different, but like it's still within the generalized bucket that somebody else would also have with that same diagnosis, even if the trauma is also different as well. Got it. Can you tell us about these buckets? What will yeah. Be the buckets? <laughs> yeah. So the buckets are like intrusive, intrusive memories or, or thoughts. So that mm-hmm. that's like the flashbacks or nightmares. So you like might not have nightmares, but maybe you have flashbacks or like vice versa or both. Right. Um, avoidance, which is like not talking about it or like avoiding places, activities, people. Um, sometimes this is like, a, you know, a separate diagnosis, but sometimes like folks might develop um, some kind of like substance use related um, issue because of like using you know, alcohol to avoid thinking about the trauma that you experienced or something like that. Um, uh, negative changes in thinking or mood. So that's like feeling hopeless, having difficulty remembering, um, being detached from your friends, feeling numb, um, having a hard time ever feeling anything positive. You could have all of them. You could have a couple of them. Um, it might look different. And then, um, the, uh, like, easily startled, like your reactions change, like your arousal uh, reaction changes. So like being on guard, easily startled, can never sleep regular again, difficulty focusing, Mm -hmm. um, irritability, guilt, any of those. So like that can all look, um, different. Oh, one, one thing that I didn't say before is that sometimes, um, for very, very young children, they might like reenact the trauma. Mm, um, okay. so like through play, yeah. um, because like, you know, they don't know and they're trying to make sense of it. So that's something that, um, that also could come up. 
Which is good to have that session of play because then it might come out through that scenario. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It could, yeah. Or like just when they're playing like generally, um, okay. like with other kids. Mm. And then like, you know, if, a, if, if something traumatic happened and a parent didn't know and then like let's say they were playing with someone at school and then like the school calls home and was like this happened. They're like what is going on? So right. like that sometimes can can happen and be really scary. Yeah. Here's a question just solely from my brain. So sometimes when you experience traumatic events, you forget or you don't forget it, but you kind of suppress it, right? Mm -hmm. Can you still manifest that trauma in the ways that you're talking about, but it's suppressed so you don't even remember it, like where it came from? Is that a thing? <laughs> Say that again? Yes. So <laughs> if you experience a trauma and it's so traumatic that your brain kind of suppresses the memory, right? And so you don't really remember. Like sometimes we've gone, talked about it in different movies where people kind of suppress what's happening mm -hmm. and so they don't really kind of remember what's going on. And so I guess my question is if you don't remember it. Then like are you just fine? <laughs> <laughs> Are you a-okay or could could you um, have, like you said, um, isolate yourself, but you don't really realize why you're isolating yourself? That's just kind of something deeper connected in you because you just don't remember what the trauma was. Yeah. I feel like that might fall under the bucket of like dissociative disorders because okay. there's like a whole spectrum like we've talked a few times about different, I mean, we've probably talked most about disassociative identity disorder because that's the one that you see in the movies all the time. Mm -hmm. But there's, um, there's different, there's other versions of that, like disassociative amnesia where it's like memory loss. Mm -hmm. But I think it's, it, you know, where it's problematic is like when you, when your loved ones are like, what's going on and you're like, you know, dissociative fugue is when you like literally leave your life and like start mm. a new life and you like assume a new identity, but it's partially because you like don't remember a trauma that's happened to you. Right. And these are less common. Um, but I think it's like, I mean, that's still problematic for other reasons. So, right, right. um, so yeah, that's all that stuff out. You can't keep it in people go to mm -hmm. therapy. That's essentially what this podcast is. Go please. to therapy. Yes. Please go to therapy. Uh, yes. So I. this is kind of a general statement out loud, but everyone can contribute to this conversation. But when the little um, Adeline, you know, is choked and then she can't talk and we've talked about how that kind of doesn't make total and complete sense. But do you feel like if someone was in some way, like, let's just throw out that there was a child, I'm making all this up, but like raised in the woods, like not around people and they're like 10 years old. And so then now they're around people and they're around the English language. Do you think that they would pick that up, you know, in 25, 30 years, but still have speech and communication issues because with Lupita's character, sometimes the things that she says just doesn't quite make sense. Um, and we're, because she is the tethered, the actual tethered, she didn't grow up learning all that literacy 
things, you know? And so if you had time, 25, 30 years to be around people and learn their language, essentially, you know, with any language, do you think you, you would still have speech issues, communication issues like she did? I mean, I am not a, a language, speech language pathologist. Yeah. I I am not familiar. But like I, from my basic understanding, I mean, I feel like, <laughs> yeah. Um, it just seems strange that like, you know, nobody else has like really picked up on, on any of this. Right. Or, or that she's like presenting as if like everything is totally fine. Um, and they don't ever really address like when she started speaking. Right. Um, so like, you know, cause it wasn't right away. She was, she was dancing first before mm-hmm. she, you know, started verbally communicating. So at what point did they, and if she had to like fully learn, like, cause the, the real her, not this version of her, the real her like has a, leg up because she started from birth until mysterious child insert mysterious child age here um and so like let's say she's like eight so like she had to fully learn the alphabet the sounds of all of the alphabet Mm -hmm. like you know and any words like but if you're eight you're already at what grade is that that's like Eighth grade, eighth grade, no, not eighth grade. Oh my god, third sorry, grade? third grade. Yeah, third grade. Um, mm-hmm. Like you know, that's. I'm just thinking about like the the individualized education plan that yes. she would need, <laughs> and like, can she do math? Like, what are the other schooling right. issues that now have been posed by her switching places? Like, she. It's not just that she's not able to communicate. Like. How's she doing in school? Can she read? Like, what is, I just have so many questions. (laughs) I think I just wanted comfort in knowing that everyone felt the same way. (laughs) So here's a question. Where are her her IEPs, guys? Come on. (laughs) So here's a question. If Lupita Nyong'o's character, the main character that we're watching, Addie, if she had some sort of a speech impediment or communication verbal communication issues or something like that would whether or not you guess it the first time would that have just been like too much of a red flag that this was the twist oh okay i i'm not saying that it would or not would not i'm just curious i feel like we didn't need any uh kind of speech thing at all I feel like she could have just spoken normally and it still would have pulled through because it, to me it feels like after however many years of now speaking it and being immersed in it that she wouldn't have that many speech issues. So I feel like it. I, I didn't want it to go off the other end and for her to be speaking broken sentences. Right, I right. I feel like we didn't, need it. we didn't need any of that at all. Technically, you're talking about red. Well, even Lupita sometimes. Well, she there was a whole conversation she had with Emily. Uh, sorry, Elizabeth Moss's character about how she just doesn't like to talk. <laughs> she mm-hmm. doesn't like to communicate when they're at the beach. And I don't know. It 
it lends itself a little bit, but I, I, I just wanted to not have to say any of that at all. Sure. That was just my opinion. I also <laughs> thought of two more therapists. Oh, there's, <laughs> there's obviously Dr. Loomis. Yes. Who's just like, of course. Yeah. He's a famous character, but like, come on, bro, do a better job. Yeah. One, two Keep track of your person. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, two, the other wasn't what wasn't there another therapist in uh in um the new Halloween, the twenty eighteen Halloween one? Oh right. I, I do not remember yeah. anything about that. But also <laughs> not only that, then there's the therapist by that they talk about, the one in Las Vegas in um Behind the Mask, uh the story, mm. the, the the rise of Leslie Vernon, when they talk yes. about like that he was seeing somebody in Las Vegas and then he came to this town or whatnot, like that that's another bad one. Gosh. Such also such a great movie. I need to watch that again. That's a great movie. Leslie Vernon. Uh well, speaking of our, our twins, do you feel like you would be able to fight your tethered person? How do you feel like they would do? How 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 would you go against each other? <laughs> uh, I guess I would just try to think of like what are all my weak spots. Mm, <laughs> yes, fair. About you, I have Brian? a lot, though. <laughs> and they might know too. <laughs> well, if you can get to it first, then mm-hmm. yes. What about you, Brian? Fifty-fifty. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> complete yeah i don't know it I, I would like to believe that i could but i don't i i don't know if i i have the one i would be t- potentially be taken by surprise mm. two and they have the upper hand because like they're fighting for something if that makes sense like if you take it by surprise okay. by someone who's fighting for something i feel like that already gives you the one up that's part of the reason why that they could survive in this movie is because Yes, they were taken by surprise, and then basically the tethered were playing with their food. If the tethered weren't playing with their food, they would have been dead, no question. But because then they flipped into survival mode, they're fighting for their family. Mm -hmm. That's why they can take them one on one. But like if they were to, if I was taken by surprise and was like, "What me? Why?" You'd you'd think initially that someone who looked like you was your twin. Like I mean, you. uh, I don't know if I'd go straight to evil twin. I mean, if he's wearing a red jumpsuit, I'd be like, "Oh, evil twin." <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. so you would make sure they're evil first before you fought them. Yeah, I guess, but like that 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 puts me at the disadvantage because they're not checking if I'm like another evil one of them. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yes. yeah, I think that's where that's where we land there. Uh, I'm fifty fifty, <laughs> but I think that I'm gonna say sixty forty. Sixty, I wouldn't. Forty, I would. And that twenty percent difference is basically like if I can escape the first attack. That's fair. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. It seems like if you can escape the first attack, you have a greater chance of, of surviving the movie yeah, in general. Totally. But if the first time you see that killer and you're on the ground, yeah, it's it's done so for you like the other family. Because is the idea that like I guess not. Um like like so the Elizabeth, so the Elizabeth Moss scene when she like cuts her face. Is that because mm-hmm. she was frustrated because she couldn't kill the Lupita character because, like, the boss had to kill her? You know what I mean? I was, yeah, I was wondering that. Uh, 
I thought it was, and this might have been from a video, but um, because Elizabeth Moss's character was getting plastic surgery on her face or whatever, cosmetic surgery, that she was kind of recreating that. Because there was all there was a cut, a scar on her face. And then when they were all at the beach, Elizabeth Moss was talking about, yeah, I got a little work done. So I guess whatever work mm. done up there, like the scar is there from below and she might be just kind of doing more, getting work done. Quote I'll buy that. I like That's that. I like that. Interesting. But I, but yeah, it definitely was, we only kill our own type situation. But then it was weird because the Josh character was running after Gabe. Like yeah, he was going to kill him. I, I don't think that was the know. case. The only reason okay. I could think that she didn't kill her was because like Red, the leader, yeah. seemed like is like just like don't kill mine like let me take care of mine that makes sense mm-hmm. yes what about you nikisha do you think you can fight evil nikisha well that depends like is is it evil nikisha am i the evil nikisha who knows first guys? of all if the twist of this podcast <laughs> is that you've been the tethered all along that would be wild <laughs> i have been the tethered all along wow now i feel like it would be uh I mean, if she was practicing her boxing with me, then yeah, she would definitely probably. But it's also it's also nature. So going back to tethered or not, like it's also nature versus nurture in some ways too, because like you could be born of something different and then like be. It depends what you believe and what I understand that, but like yes, you, like I feel like you could be born in the underworld and then like and then like be raised like to. To, like she 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 seems well adjusted until she has the PTSD of like being back in Santa Cruz. I don't know why you mm. buy a house by Santa Cruz if like that's what you're deeply afraid of. But like that's a whole another right. question. But like there are plenty of beaches in California. Um, but my, but I guess like you know like yes she's born of tethered, but like is she no longer tethered? You know what I mean? Like she is yeah, she's right. tethered, but like but now she's an above ground person. You know what I mean? And like who's had a family and yeah, like hot meals and clothes. Yeah. I mm-hmm. guess I guess that's a question for Jamie in terms of like how you see your own identity. Mm-hmm. Like, does do you think she had like um like like life imposter syndrome, even though it might not be like imposter syndrome because like she oh. actually is that thing or not? I don't does that make sense? She is the imposter, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, is she actually the imposter if they share a soul? Who, yeah, I guess who, I guess, like, who, I guess this is about nature versus nurture. Because, like, if they share a soul, like, I imagine the soul being, like, on the ground and, like, they flip and the soul always stays in between the two of them in some ways. Mm -hmm. And, like, so I guess they're both of the same. It really actually does it is a nature nurture thing because like their nature is that like these under these tethered were created and like also, Mm -hmm. and and so that's one thing. And the second thing I had, how do they keep getting reborn? Like if they abandon the project, how does like, anyway, that's a whole nother question. Yeah. How do new clones get? Yeah, totally. They just appear when, I don't know. Um, Well, no, because she talks about giving birth specifically. So maybe it's not like a new clone. Only the ones who are being birthed are the new. Oh my god! People. I'm so stupid. Yeah, of course. That's how babies are born. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. 
Like, and then they give birth to tethered ones. It's not like they're popping out. But I guess how would they know? Here's here's the real brain buster: (laughs) is how would they know who to clone that that then would like create offspring? Like, how many people would they have to make? Well, no, those people. So let's say, (laughs) let's say, like, let's say, like, it's night. Let's say this thing ended in like 1990. Okay. Yeah. On like, okay. let's just say that it ends on J- July 1st of 1990. Basically, mm-hmm. everybody born, so everybody who was still alive before June, f- July 1st, 1990 was created from like a test tube or something like that. Like, right. I, I don't know how, how the chicken or the egg was created, but everybody after that is just a born tether. You know what I mean? Like, and even before that is a born tether, like essentially by like the first year or two of this project, everyone who's already in existence has already been like cloned or created or whatever it is. It's just a matter of like, how did they age them up so quickly? Mm. I don't know. As someone who has watched a lot of Star Wars, Clone Wars, I think about clones a lot. (laughs) Fantastic. No, that's that is a great point. But again, things that if you just make it make sense in your brain, you can make just it go with sense. it. Make it make sense in your brain, and you can go with it. But absolutely, I feel like they're just <clears> all born again, <laughs> yeah. born tethered. Fantastic. Do we have any other things to add before we get into our other sections segments? Um, I take back my um, "he's a good dad" comment because they didn't know what Home Alone was. And if you don't know, oh, like that, you didn't show it to yeah. them. Um, yep. Rude. <laughs> rude. Very rude. Also a great movie. Great film. Fantastic. So let's get into our Rotten Tomatoes. It's the Rotten Tomatoes game. <laughs> and let's see what this score was. All right. Well, so let's guess our Rotten Tomatoes. What what do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? I'm going to guess an 82. Jamie? I'm going to guess an 89. <laughs> this movie has a 93 on Rotten Tomatoes. Nice. Go, Jamie. But it yes. actually has an audience score of 60%. Um, oh, but, the, but the critics' consensus is. <clears throat> should I read it like uh, Lupita? Oh, <laughs> like red. Try it with Gordon Peele's second amendment. I can't do the whole thing; it'll hurt myself too much. <laughs> but that was absolute. That was great, though. Round of applause. Yes, that, yeah. for your tenor vocals. She must have had like a really good like vocal coach on that movie because you could really hurt your vocal cords the way that she was speaking. Very guttural. Absolutely. Anyway. Um, Critic consensus. With Jordan Peele's second inventive, ambitious horror film, we have seen how to beat the sophomore jinx, and it is us. Oh, that's yeah. great. Is this as good as Get Out? No. Is this bad? No. Is this better than probably most right. people's sophomore efforts? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. Well, let's get into our four S's. 
The four S's are skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. Uh, we are going to go and run through those. Um, those are going to be skulls, one through ten. How did this movie deal with mental health and human behavior? Two, we're going to go with um, scares, uh, how scary was this movie? Uh, then we're going to go with, uh, that's one through ten. Then we're going to go with uh, shakes, how much can you shake this off? Um, and then we'll do suggestions afterwards. So let's let's. Um, did we like doing all three at the same time, or did we want to just like go one by one? No, let's do all three and then suggest one by one. All right, Nikisha, you go first. What's your skulls? So my skulls. I'm gonna give it a six based on Jamie applauding this uh, child psychiatrist. I would give scares. It wasn't really that scary to me, so I'll give it a two. And shakes, I'm going to give it a f- six as well. Yes. Cool. Jamie, what Just are your for the, for the performances, yeah. Yeah, that's – I totally. Yeah. Yeah. For skulls, I'm going to – I'm going to give it a five, not because of all my unanswered questions, but more because I do think that sometimes they make silly decisions that like don't seem like the smartest or safest. Mm. And I'm just wondering like, why would they do this? Or like, I don't know. So like that, I had that thought going through my head a few times with some of their decisions. Um, but I do like the psychiatrist and feel like, you know, this is a good read on PTSD. If that's what was happening, but it's a twist. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> in terms of scares, I'm going to give it like a 2.5. Mm. Um, Cause I don't really think this movie is super scary. I think it's, has, I, I know I like overuse the word unsettling on this podcast, but like, it is unsettling. Yeah. And I think what really helps that is the music, like we were talking about in the beginning. Sure. Um, and just like how they reuse it towards the end, towards the finale. Um, that makes me feel a lot more uncomfortable than like fully frightened. Yeah. Um, shakes. Um, I mean, I'm going to give this like a, a seven, um, you know, as the second installment of, of monkey paw productions and yes. Jordan Peele's, um, you know, movie. I, I, I don't think it's as good as get out, but I still think it's a really good movie with really incredible performances. And like, again, the, the things that are left unanswered, like kind of linger around in my head as I try to work them out and none of it matters. And then I go back to the point of the movie and then I just keep thinking about it. So that's why I'm giving it that score. Fantastic. Cool. Um, I'm going to skulls. I'm going to go with five. Um, I think that it does a really good, I think it does a good job with the psych with what Jamie said. Um, But like, I don't, I don't know how much it goes beyond that. In like a five wise scares i'm gonna give this a two it did have some butt clench butt cl- <laughs> butt <laughs> clench moments um but nothing like you know scary scary and then shakes i'll give this a 
six. No, I'll yeah. give it a I'll give it a seven. I'll give it a six point five. Um, I, I, it, I would never suggest this first. You know what I mean? Like I'd always suggest, uh, get out first. Like if I'm going Jordan Peele or whatnot. Um, and then I would say like, if you're a completionist, like watch this, it's well-made, but like, to me, I would suggest other things over this movie, um, in general, but I'll, I'll remember it. Mo- and like Nikisha said, um, the thing that's the thing I remembered the most coming back into this movie was uh, Lupita's performance. Mm-hmm. Well, do you cool. want to go into your suggestions since you're oh sure right um, there? Yeah, I have two suggestions for this. The first one is this seems like Jordan Peele's version of a home invasion movie. Um, so I went with The Strangers. Nice. Um, which I, seems like I stole Jamie's. Um, but the other one that I actually think that this one reminds me a little bit more of um, is The Invitation. Yes. I've seen that. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes, yes. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it's unsettling. It gets kind of gory and stabby at the end. And uh, without majorly spoiling anything, it starts as an intimate affair and turns into something a lot more coordinated um, and larger. Yeah. And that's what reminded me in general. Um, it also felt very like uh, there was a lot of trauma behind the scenes, trauma history in those both those movies. And then there's also there's also judgment um in that in terms of like classes and what some people believe and what other people's believe so mm. i i and plus i just love karen kusama so um did we do the invitation on this podcast no no we should that mm-hmm. that's a really good one for this podcast yeah um but anyway uh those are my two stra- uh uh the strangers and uh the invitation nice well i'm gonna tack on another movie with the as the title as far as family drama and creepy twins, The Shining. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. Just for what it is. The the art of it, especially just the cinematography, I think it's if you like watching us, then you'll like watching The Shining, vice versa. So yeah. Jamie. Jamie? Um, so obviously Brian stole one of mine. Um, very rude. Um, but the other, cause I came with two, um, the other suggestion that I have is funny games, which is also a home invasion film, mm-hmm. um, that was made twice, uh, like literally a shot for shot remake in English in 2007, if you feel very strongly about a movie that you don't want to read subtitles, I guess you can see that. But, like, I don't know what the point is. Just watch the original Austrian one. Yeah. Um, it's, again, also made by the same director. Again, it's they just made it. They remade it in English. Um, yeah. But, yeah, another home invasion. Um, very unsettling. Um, but, like, still different vibes from The Strangers. So, Okay. I think if you're interested in in in, the, in all home invasion, just watch them all. <laughs> yes, get into it. Get into it all. Fantastic. Well, I think that wraps up everything for this episode of us on Talking Horror. You can follow us on all social medias: the TikTok, the Instagram, the Twitter. Follow us. Ooh, <gasps> with a capital U S. At talking, <laughs> sorry, at talk horror pod, pod. That is our handle for all of those wonderful things. And Brian, where can they listen to us? Sure, 
You can find us wherever you get podcasts. So those are things like Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and of course, iTunes. No, no, Apple Podcasts. It's not called iTunes anymore. <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Uh, rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And thank you. And thank you. And, and I'll also, I'll also just add that like this upcoming, we're going to be doing a lot of recent movies, some some old movies. Like we've got a real good slew of movies coming up. We're going to finally get around to doing X. Yes. Uh, obviously, next week is Nope. Uh, we're super excited about nope. that. Um, we're going to be doing some fun stuff throughout the summer, into the fall, and Halloween. Uh, we are going full force. You guys seem to be really enjoying this, so we really, really thank you. And um, you can find uh, all of our other content, as uh, Nikisha mentioned, on on the socials. Um, but definitely find us on TikTok because I feel like TikTok supplements or complements this podcast really well with kind mm. of like other things that we're thinking about the horror community and horror movies and stuff like that. So um, definitely check that out. But uh, get excited for some really cool movies coming down the line. It's exciting Ooh. times, guys, especially our Very. Halloween extravaganza. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of good stuff. A lot of special guests, new guests, old guests, bringing a party in. You know, the <laughs> the invitation, as, as Brian said, just recreating that, <laughs> all the things. <laughs> what should we sign off with, guys, for this? What's, what's Home Alone? Oh, Oh, what's your wait? That kill count was really funny. That kill count conversation. (laughs) We can end with the with the kill counts because that was nice. Fantastic. Well, thanks, guys. (laughs) Thank you.